Father God, thank you so much uh, for this opportunity just to come before your children. Father, thank you for the opportunity to just be used as a vessel uh, through this podcast, through this ministry, Father. So I just pray uh, that your Holy Spirit would just be with us during this time, that you would start to illuminate just in our minds the ideas, the concepts, the things that you really want us to really zero in on um, as part of what you're working out in our own hearts and then give us the perseverance um, and whatever it is that we need to be able to endure, to embrace the pain of situations and truly be able to reflect and grieve and let go in the way that you are calling us to. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So in Luke uh, 23, 34, it reads, and Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. So in this week's episode, we want to explore the role of empathy and understanding and the way that those two concepts really impact our ability to forgive. So that's what we're getting in um, into today on today's episode. And I'm going to share even with you all a very vulnerable story for my own life of having to put this into practice. And let me tell you, it was hard because I did not want to release. I did not want there to be understanding. I wanted to be able to hang on to the wrong that was done to me because I felt so strongly about the injustice, if you will. But understanding really helped me. And today I'm free from that situation and I can talk about it from a different perspective. And that relationship, most importantly, um, continues to thrive today. And so I'm thankful um, that I get to share with you all from these personal aspects of my own life and having walked through this. So let's get ready to get into it. Are you feeling like it's finally time to break free from trauma and the drama of a past relationship? Do you find yourself searching for scriptures and sermons for ways to heal from past pain and forgive those who gave it? Are you hoping that someday you'll finally have the clarity you need to move on with your life? Well, you have found the right place. In this podcast, you're going to find clarity, sis. You're going to gain confidence. You're going to find new strength. And that's all going to be done through scripture tips, resources, and coaching so that you can start to live a more fulfilling life. Grab your journal, sis. Let's get to work. If you are listening or watching this episode and you are not in our Facebook community, what are you doing? <laughs> okay. Uh, in our Facebook community, we get deep into these topics and, you know, uh, you're, you're surrounded by like-minded Christians around you who want to weep with you and who want to rejoice with you. So head on over to Facebook. You can search for Radical Christian Community in groups and come on in and join us. You'll get some amazing questions to ponder each week around these topics that'll help you reflect and introspect. There's over a hundred men and women in different states with all kinds of testimonies. So there's sure to be someone who you can relate to and uh, someone who can journey with you. So I do hope to see you there. So let's get into uh, what 
empathy and understanding has done for me when I've been able to embrace it in my own life. So, um, the family dynamic that I grew up in was with my mom and my stepdad, but my mom and my stepdad got together when I was really young, a little baby. Um, they got married when I was young. And so I grew up with my stepdad as my dad, even to this day, even though they're divorced, my stepdad is my dad. If you hear me, hear me refer to my dad, it's my stepdad, but it's my dad, not my biological dad. And so growing up, um, I always had this, um, I, I thought that I knew, um, essentially who my biological dad was, um, and was told that, um, all growing up of, of who this man was, but he was never there for me. And it was really weird because there were plenty of situations that would have made us being able to form a relationship easy, you know, um, like the fact that his mom lived right across <laughs> from where I grew up. So it was always very peculiar to me that he didn't want to be involved, but at the same time, I had a dad in my life. And so it was one of those things always in the back of my mind, but it wasn't like a pressing need because someone had stepped in to fill that role. So it was there, but I wasn't overly focused on it. Right. And so then one day, <laughs> everything changes. And, um, someone says to me that he's not, uh, my biological dad and that someone else is my biological dad. And that just kind of, um, sends me in this whirlwind because it shook up, you know, everything that I thought that I knew and that I believed to be true about my life, even though, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a thing that had been at the forefront. It was still a truth that I had believed. And so the way that it came about was real messy and it wasn't coming directly from my mom or from my dad. And so it was kind of like, okay, you know, like, where is this coming from? But at the same time, also this like, well, I'm sure did nobody just like make this up <laughs> right out of nowhere. Like there has to be some kind of um, truth to this. And so um, I remember bringing it up to my mom and um, and she just like completely shot it down, right? And just denied it, didn't want to talk about it. You kind of pulled the mom card and I was just real confused because I'm like, but where did it come from though? You know, as a child, when you're inquisitive and you just have a lot of questions because things legit don't make sense to you in your mind. And by this time I'm early teens. And so like it legit didn't make sense to me that somebody could like come up with this out of nowhere. And so I'm pressing in, I'm pressing in, I'm pressing in like, but why would they lie though? But why would they, you know, cause it just, it truly did not make sense to me. And so um, what ended up happening was eventually she did come forward and she did tell the truth, um, about the fact that, you know, somebody else was my biological dad. And, um, that, that was the grudge that I wanted to hold on to, right? Like that was the thing that I just felt like who would ever do that to a child who would, take away my opportunity to have a relationship with my biological dad and was just really hurt at, at around what I felt robbed of through this situation. And so, um, 
at the time, it was one of those things where it's like, you know, there's not a whole lot that you can do about it. We took some um, steps towards rectifying that situation, but there was still something in me that was just like, how are you just going to decide to do that about my life? How are you just going to decide for me, basically? And so... We went on through the years, through the years, the situation kind of rectified itself in some ways. Um, and it wasn't until years later, literally probably um, a little less than 10 years later that I had, you know, gone to college by this time, moved to Richmond, Virginia. My mom came to visit me and um, I just really wanted to know. Like, I just really wanted to revisit that conversation from all these years later and just be like, I really want to understand why. And so we ended up having a, a really heartfelt conversation where she really put me in her shoes. So it really, it what it came down to was the fact that she did what she thought was best given the situation. And the situation was that she was 16 years old at the time. Um, she, you know, wasn't getting pregnant by someone that she thought was going to be in her life for the long run. And so in her mind, as a 16 year old mom, she's like, cool, this is a situation that I got myself into. I'm going to do what I got to do to take care of my responsibility. And then my stepdad ended up coming into the picture. And so it was like, great, you know, God has provided this man um, who can step in. So there is no gap. Everything actually worked out. And so in her mind, things actually worked out really well. So there wasn't a need to address that thing because there was no gap. In my mind, of course, I'm like, yeah, but I don't think that was for you to decide for me. It's kind of like being adopted, right? Like, at some point, <laughs> that child may want to know what the truth is or who their parents are. And that's their right if they want to know that. And so although um, there were definitely things that I felt robbed of, it did help me to understand. Like, you know what? If I was 16 years old and I was having to make this decision and then a man ended up coming along in my life and things felt like they worked out. I can't say that I would be so holy and righteous and upright and think so critically about the situation that I would make a different decision. And so in that way, understanding really helped me to forgive because I could then put myself in her shoes to say, I get it. Like with the information I have now, I wish you would have made a different decision, but based on the information you had at that time, I get it. And I no, I no longer faulted her for the decision that the 16 year old her made. And that's honestly all there was to it from that day going forward. Um, one that really mended a piece of my heart um, with my mom. And it also kind of gelled us together in a way because I had a different level of empathy for her with that situation. And also, um, how hard it may have been to have to have that on your shoulders at such a young age to try to make that decision for your baby girl. And so now that I knew that it was up to me to choose to accept that and move forward. Cause she truly did give me all that she, she gave me her best at that time that was truly her best, right? And so 
uh, back to Jesus and his example. So when I started studying this out for you all, um, the study Bible that I like to use is the ESV study Bible and the footnotes from this, this passage in Luke mentions how in asking for forgiveness for these people that Jesus modeled his own teaching of loving our enemies. And that was kind of loaded for me because we hear that the Bible tells us to love our enemies, right? But enemies, that word feels like such a strong word to me. Like maybe there's people that don't like me or that I don't like, but straight up enemies, <laughs> like that feels loaded. I'm like, I don't know if I would put anybody in that category. And so I wanted to start to dig into that a little bit deeper. And so in doing that, I came up with a much more simple definition of an enemy that I would like to offer up to you all. And that is an enemy simply being someone who is opposing you, right? And if we think about an enemy from that perspective, that really opens things up a bit because that can look a lot of different ways. That can look like the person whose beliefs are different from yours. That person is opposite you. That person opposes you. It can look like the person who is opposing you by wounding you even emotionally. That person is opposing you. They're coming up against you emotionally. It can look like the person that you're in conflict with, right? They're opposing you. Something about um, the tension, there's tension between you two. You're opposing each other in this situation when there's conflict. You're not on the same page. Opposition. And so then said another way then, we're instructed to love those who oppose us. We're instructed to love those with different views. We're instructed to love those who wound us. We're instructed to love those that we're in conflict with, right? And so then what is love? And I know y'all know this, right? First Corinthians 13, love is patient. It's kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not arrogant. It's not rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable. It's not resentful. Hello, somebody, okay? It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, so enduring all things from someone who is opposing me, say what now, right? Be hopeful even when someone is opposing me, huh? Don't be resentful with someone who is opposing me. Make it make sense. Upside down kingdom, right? And as disciples of Christ, we are part of this upside down kingdom. And so Jesus literally looks up before he takes his last breath and he asks God to forgive these people who are hurting him, who are betraying him, who are physically wounding him, who are inflicting pain because they simply do not understand what it is that they're doing. And here's the hard truth that I really want us to lean into. We don't want to release people even if they don't understand Right. Forget the fact that your parents never had a good example themselves because they hurt you. Forget the fact that that ex never had someone to show them how to truly love because they hurt you. Forget the fact that the friend only gave you what they had received. But never mind all that because they hurt you. Right. And and we're not talking about how you've hurt people. You know, because sometimes we're, we're always the victim, right? We don't never talk about how we're the culprit and hurt people. But I know, I know that it 
can suck because people do need to be held accountable. And oftentimes boundaries are necessary. You know, you sometimes people struggle with that. Like, how do I forgive? But also if this person isn't safe, does that mean that I'm supposed to just re-engage in the same way? Absolutely not. Oftentimes relational adjustments are necessary even for your emotional protection. So this is a both and situation, not an either or. You can set a boundary and forgive them. Both things can exist at the same time. I remember um, when I was in in counseling, my ex-husband and I, we were in counseling and uh, during the separation Actually, this, I think this may have even been before that. I can't remember. At some point when things were going awry. And um, I remember the day that I finally realized that there was nothing more that he could give me. And in a strange way, it was actually really freeing because it was like, oh, well, of course, this is where we're going to end up because you actually don't have anything more to give. It was understanding that really freed me and allowed me to release him. So did it still hurt? Absolutely. Cause I'm like, if you only had four years in the gas tank, okay, why did you sign up for a lifelong trip? That's not fair. But once we ran out of gas and there was not a decision to refuel, right? Cause that's what happens in marriage. You have to constantly constantly and consistently make the decision to refuel, to make any necessary adjustments for your marriage to work, for a relationship to work. And so when we're running out of gas, you know, and there's no decision to refuel, I'm like, okay, the Lord is coming to pick me up and give me a ride because where are we going (laughs) with no gas? And that's what I want to impart unto you all today that the Lord want to pick you up. Okay. The Lord want to give you a ride, but you refuse to get out of the car that has no more gas, baby. The car ain't got no more gas. It's time to refuel. You got to get up out of that thing, but you refuse to. And so that's what it's like when you you keep holding on to the thing when you keep wanting to be in the car of the conflict in the car of the grudge in the car with the trauma you refuse to let it go but you got to get up out of the car because ain't no more gas here you've come to the end of the road so you can either choose to get out and get into another vehicle that can get you or you can choose to refuel right so that you can keep moving forward so that you can move on but right now you just standing still right now you on the side of the road And you need to make a decision of how you want to move forward. So in looking at this passage, the ESV study Bible also points out how Jesus stating that they didn't know what they were doing didn't, again, absolve them of the responsibility. It didn't remove the responsibility. They were still responsible for their actions, right? It didn't mean that their hands were clean because they weren't, but rather it it spoke to the lack of understanding. They didn't truly know that they were crucifying the true Messiah. They were operating under a different understanding. It wasn't that they believed him to be the Messiah and then still chose to go through with it, right? And so that's the importance of understanding. That's also the importance of effective communication, especially in relationships, because you could be communicating something or you could think that you're communicating something 
and yet is not coming across in the same way that you intended. And so there still is not understanding. It's not until there's truly understanding to say, hey, where were you in this situation relative to where I thought that you should be that's creating this conflict? Help me understand what's going on here so we can get to the other side. So if there's someone in your life that you are struggling to embrace or forgive, I, I highly encourage you just to reflect on this a bit. Might there be something about their current level of understanding or their mode of operation that would cause them to behave in the way that they have? Uh, what was their dynamic like with their parents? What are their What is their dynamic like with their family? Have they ever been presented with a situation like this? What are their communication skills shaped by, which is often going to be uh, really relative to the type of family dynamic that they grew up in? Uh, so for example, like Aaron and I, whenever he's coming at me in some type of aggressive tone, no, sir, out of here with that. I'm shutting down because I remember what that was like growing up and how disrespectful that feels and how it feels like it's lacking love. And so for me, that don't work for me. The, the minute that you start raising your voice, using any strong words, language, whatever, I shut down because I just refuse to communicate like that. Right. And so also something to consider is that maybe their behavior is saying more about them than it does about you. That's the other thing. Everything that's done to us is not about us. Even though it may hurt us, it's probably literally more indicative of the other person than it is of us. Perhaps it's not about you at all, but you're just unfortunately on the other end of their ignorance. So I really encourage you to spend some time with those possibilities in your time with God to really think through all of these things um, and see what the Holy Spirit might be impressing upon your heart for how to deal with your own situation. So per usual, I'm here if you need to process, if you need to word vomit, if you need help gaining clarity on what the Spirit might be speaking concerning this situation, you can head on over to a radicalrelationship.com backslash forgiveness coaching and um, learn more about how coaching works and take the next step towards freedom. Hey girl, hey. If you enjoyed today's episode, sis, chances are there are other women just like you who would enjoy it too, but they won't know about it unless we actually tell them, okay? So if you don't mind helping me spread the word, will you take 30 seconds to leave a review of the show and then screenshot this episode and share it with your friends wherever you like to hang out? It really would mean so much to me. All right, go and review those journal notes. I'll meet you back here next week for another session.